They won't be the king, but lonely the chief For a little old thing, little boys, bang, bang Lonely the chief Hey everybody, welcome to Killer Serials. This is Tony Jones. And Ryan Parker. Two white guys with PhDs in theology talking about TV. Yeah. <laughs> that's how we're going to... In case anybody couldn't tell or if they've forgotten, here we go. We are a couple white guys talking about a very black TV show, Luke Cage, episodes five and six. Episode five is called Just Got to, Just to Get a Rep. And um, it is Cottonmouth Goes After Luke. That's kind of the first half of the hour. And we see a little bit more about how Detective Scarf is a dirty cop. And the second half of the episode is about Pop's funeral. Mm-hmm. And takes place in a really striking, you know, Harlem church. Beautiful, beautiful church with a lot of like natural sunlight coming in, and everybody's dressed to the nines. And it's it's a really it's a great setup, isn't it? It's a great setup. I, as we get into it, I, I'm not super fond of how they execute what it. they did with it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, um, and then episode six is called "Suckas Need Bodyguards," and uh, Detective Scarf gets. Eats it. Meets, meets Cottonmouth at a private location and then gets uh, shot up by Cottonmouth. And he's kind of dying through about 45 minutes of, of the episode. And Luke comes to his rescue and ultimately is not able to save him. Too but he is, a, he is able to get enough info from him to, to, to get Cottonmouth arrested. And, and kind of drive the plot forward. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that too. But also, Mariah, who is Cottonmouth's cousin and is a you know city councilwoman and a big property owner in Harlem and is basically a, a real estate developer, she gets kind of this. It's it's an interesting mix of like this kind of reality TV sh- moment um, where she's being interviewed live on a on a news program. And you can just tell that yeah. this is going to go viral afterwards, you know, as it's happening, because she get that they there's some gotcha journalism going on, and then and she kind of gets more and more uncomfortable till she gets up and rips off her microphone and and walks out of the interview, and there and and the you know the reporter looks at the producer or whatever and was like, oh, we you know like yeah. that just made it because that's, that's going to go viral on YouTube yeah. that. So anyway, um, that's the two episodes that we're talking about here. And it's interesting because episode six, I mean, it's kind of like these two episodes are a bit of a coda. And it's almost like you could say the season, it's, it's, if, if the season's not, I mean, I know the season isn't officially ending because what, there are 12 or 13 episodes total. But man, there's, there are 13 episodes. Yeah. These are five and six. And by the time we get to the end of it, the bad guy's in handcuffs. The good guy has a new girlfriend. They're walking down the street and kind of like flirting with each other about going to get coffee. Um, the bad cop is dead. It's a coda. You know, and even even as you were, uh, yeah, I think are going to point out, even some of the music is kind of a coda type music. Well, we, so, yeah, yeah, we talk about... We, you know, we were kind of comparing notes before we started recording, and I think this feels like a very Marvel TV series thing because, if I recall, Daredevil and Jessica Jones seem to have this very defining halfway point, but then it ramps up 
right? So you made a great point in our earlier conversation about how Cockmouth isn't a villain, a big enough villain for Luke Cage. He might be a big enough villain for Harlem or even for Mariah, maybe, you know, as his cousin. But he, Luke Cage demands something tougher um, and the narrative demands that he has something tougher. And I think maybe this is going to help escalate that or send us in that trajectory like it's we've seen. All right, Luke's got got this, no problem. Uh, now let's see what's next. Let's see who's who's behind Shades and who's behind, you know, who's behind Cottonmouth, maybe uh, pulling the yeah, strings. Yeah, yeah. Or do we get a new? Or do we get a new uh, a new villain? You know, I'm not reading ahead. I'm not watching ahead. So these are just thoughts that I have at the moment. Yeah, I'm with you. And and as as kind of weird as it was, I mean, I don't know enough about comic books to know if they're kind of following like a, a comic book will have kind of closing chapters, even if the season of that comic book isn't over yet or something. But yeah. Yeah. um, But I was starting to feel like kind of what's the point because Cottonmouth has thrown everything he's got at Luke and he can't even, he he can't even draw blood. Yeah. You know, and he's like, he's a friggin', um, you know, shoulder like propelled rocket launcher. They 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 uh, collapsed an entire thought, yeah. building on him, and it didn't even like he wasn't even bleeding. And so it you know Mariah says to Cottonmouth like, "Well, drown him, you know, burn him, find his girlfriend, like hit him where it hurts." Yeah. And Cottonmouth's kind of like, "I'm gonna buy this." I mean, you talk about like a magic bullet. He actually does want to buy a magic bullet. Yep. That Shades is trying to sell him. So which could could undo. Potentially could undo Luke, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think one of the... So you bring up the church scene, and there's a couple of... You know, we kind of ran through the summary of the two episodes, but these are really rich episodes, I think, theologically, culturally, and politically. So one of the very first questions I asked in my notes on episode five was, can we meaningfully talk about a quote-unquote back in the day? Uh, yeah, he goes. Maybe that's why they call it back in the day. I love that line from Luke. Maybe that's why they call it back in the day. Beautiful. But can can we not do that? Like, you know, a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of people. We we hear this a lot in around election season, and if you run in certain circles, or if you have, or if you come from certain uh, settings, where like there's this section of people that long for the good old days. You yeah. know, but those weren't good for a lot of people. And so we do, there's, but there's, a, so the other side of the coin is that we want to dismiss that past. You know, we want to constantly move forward. But even in the midst of that, those imperfect moments and, and imperfect is putting it lightly for a lot of communities, you know, can we, can we, can we talk about a time when things were better? Yeah. I don't know that I have an answer to that question, but I think, I think with the character of Pops, I think even with Luke, I think this show is asking that too. Well, th- there is a big question, isn't there, hanging out over it because you look at Mariah and um, in her in her TV interview in episode six, you know, she's sitting in there and it's a little bit like uh, the Huxtables. Like, what has she... She she kind of wants to have it both ways because and, and this is awkward maybe for me to even bring it up but in some ways she's kind of like she is although she's African American she is part of the gentrification of Harlem and and but, and that's the tension between her and Cottonmouth like she wouldn't be caught dead in a place like Pop's Barbershop because it is too like 
old school Harlem, low class. And she's even ready for she's even ready for Cottonmouth to sell the club, take the money, and move on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And yeah. he's I like, mean, no, I'm, I'm I have a place in this community, and and I'm going to stay. And he realizes that importance of, I would yeah. argue, some level of tradition and history, a sense of devotion to that back in the day that's worth more than money in a clean exit. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a fascinating because what what standard is Mariah after, you know, and she wants to redevelop Browns they're million dollar brownstones in Harlem now, you know, she's right. saying with pride. Uh-huh. And you know there are people on the other side of that who are like I wish Harlem I liked Harlem back when it was like when, when I could afford an apartment. When Jake and Elwood Blues walked in and uh-huh. and John Lee Hooker was out on the street. Remember that scene? Oh my yeah. gosh. That's one of my favorite so, all-time movie scenes. The, I the think streets this, are crammed with people. They're going yeah. into a little diner that's a, a garden-level diner, you know, and, and ordering up their uh, whole fried chicken and dry white toast. I think there's a tension between... The, I think this tension expresses itself in other ways throughout episode five because you want to get back to the church scene and the memorial for Pops. Because it echoes two, also two different ways of looking at the world or maybe that community is either a war zone or a pasture, right? And for people like Mariah, it's a war zone that needs to be rehabilitated and cleaned up and improved. Yeah. And, you know, but for people like Luke, it's a, it's a place that needs to be tended and nourished and what's there to grow. Uh, it doesn't need to be demoed and, and renovated. I mean... Here's an interesting thing I think about episode five is that for the first time in ways that are not at all subtle, Luke is basically the question is, is kind of posed is Luke the Messiah of Harlem and Cottonmouth and shades have this little conversation where they refer to Luke as Jesus. And then do you want to kill Jesus? Well, I've got this magic bullet and that's this why is, they call that's why they that's call right. it the Judas. That's if really wanna, yeah. I mean, it's not subtle. And then no, it's not at all. And it's it, we it, and isn't it funny that we have we have been forced into talking about this and making these comparisons by the show each like every time we do a recording of this podcast. Yeah. Now I will say, and you, you know, you mentioned this because we talked about it before we started recording, but. I was disappointed with Pop's funeral because, yeah, uh, like more I said, about that. well, like I said in the intro, I think it it was beautifully shot, and I, I love that. I'd love to go visit that church in Harlem where they shot that scene because it's a very cool looking church. But after all this setup of Luke as the Messiah figure of Harlem, he gets up there after Cottonmouth to give his, you know, his homily at Pop's funeral. And it's, first of all, it's kind of in a vacuum because we don't, there's no gospel choir. There's no traditional black preacher. uh, We don't see any officiant of the ceremony. All we see is like Pop's son remembering him who says he never knew him. And then Cottonmouth gets up. And then, I mean, it's it's kind of like um, Bobby Fish is a master of ceremonies. But there's no sense of black church culture 
which I think is such a swing and a miss because having, and then Luke delivers this homily and he gets a standing ovation after it. I actually thought it was kind of self-involved, self-important. And then and the, the narrative had kind of gotten obsessed, you know, the writing or the, the narrative had gotten obsessed with its own yeah, character. It's too earnest. Yeah. Where, too serious. Yeah, like I mean, whereas where they've been so so careful with black culture and history throughout the series, from literature to music to everyday life, and then to have the church scene and it, it maybe ring a little, yeah, the church more scene to be hollow. Than, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I see what right. you're saying. Yeah, and so I was disappointed with that, and I just and and there were also times when I'm like, Kyle, I wish Tony Stark would show up because. Does anyone have a sense of humor in this whole freaking thing? You yeah. know, like Luke is such a serious, earnest uh, superhero. And you can see why, you know, in the Marvel Universe, you've got the comic relief of somebody like Tony Stark, Iron Man. Well, I because- got to tell you, man, there's not a lot of humor in the rest of those shows. Like Jessica Jones and Daredevil yeah. are yeah. bleak. And very, dark. very bleak and earnest. So I get it. I get it. And it's why I kind of every time, every time um, Bobby Fish comes on the screen, I like my spirit jumps a little bit. He's so um, great. Ron Cephas Jones, because it's like it's going to be a little funny or yeah. or when we see uh, Sonia San, who we all remember from The Wire as a cop. She's a cop again in this. I think, oh, she's awesome because she has some fierceness yeah. that that even Luke seems to be lacking. Now I get that superheroes are often like Superman is exhibit A. Superheroes are often kind of one-dimensional personality-wise and it's their supporting cast that brings adds the, co- yeah. yeah, that adds well, color to speaking the Speaking of, welcome guess who brightens the day? She's back, Rosario Dawson as Claire Temple. Oh, yeah, she's so fantastic. let's let's talk about her because she she shows up uh, again, and then kind of um, storms in, and you know you can almost see, and people who know the backstory know that she's kind of a, a minor superhero, just like Misty Knight, the cop who can recreate crime scenes, is a, a kind of a minor superhero, and you can almost see the competition for Luke's affection. Uh-huh. And uh, in the you know in the future, and you know he's already slept with Misty Knight once. And we end episode six with uh, Claire Temple telling him, I'm not going to sleep with you. I know yeah. you don't even drink coffee. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't use this coffee thing to warm me up. I, um, I like I like her character because I think she's an important person. And, and Daredevil, she's an important person. And I, I hope will be an important character in Luke Cage because, you know, the, the superheroes that we see in these series are very human. Yeah. And they need to be cared for and her personality and and the way that she carries herself through their stories. I I don't know. I I just think it's very genuine and sweet and uh, uh, just a nice added touch. It's a nice relationship. I agree. I I like it. And um, I I think it'll be interesting to watch it develop. Tell me this. Do you think when I talk about this kind of Luke is set up as Messiah figure or, you know, he's very much like more like a Moses figure, like a reluctant Messiah. But even Moses, who stuttered, you know, when he got up to speak in front of Israel, he did move them to action. I, I don't know. I just thought it was underwhelming. The this 
sermon. I thought it went way on way too long in uh, in Pop's uh, funeral. I yeah I I don't know that I initially felt that when I was watching it. I didn't feel moved by it like I thought I would when I knew you know when you okay we're here in the church they're going to stand up. Cottonmouth says this thing, which he's not wrong, right? Yeah. And his right right and his uh, words. Uh, but then Luke comes up, and I don't know. It just—I I was waiting for like this home run, and I didn't feel—I didn't feel that they hit a home run yeah, with it. Yeah. So, but to but to bring it back to the Messiah stuff, I think that it's so—you uh, know—we talked about this like on many other shows. That narrative is so embedded in our culture, and it's still so valuable. It offers things that other narratives don't. That drawing it into a story like this or having this story mirror echo some of those things. Uh, it's not surprising. Yeah. And, and I gotta, I mean, I guess I got to walk back a little bit of what I said because Luke does say when he walks up to Mariah, when she's filming that promo out in front of her Brownstone, uh-huh. he says, are you filming your new VH one show? Criminal spinsters. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good line. That's pretty, funny. That's yeah. a pretty good line. I yeah. do I do think He has it, his moments. I do love the the that it's set in the very current day. I mean, the opening scene of episode 5, you can see a vape shop in the background, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. And I think that's pretty cool uh stuff like that. Even though I was telling you before and I I hope you can pull it for some of the bumper music for this week's episode, but there's this at the end of episode 5, there's this long song that's played the almost the whole song is played this by the stylistics it's a song called people make the world go round recorded in 1971 it couldn't be better couldn't be better let's go with let's just continue to praise this the music because then at the beginning it's either the beginning of five or six and i'm sorry for forgetting it's been a couple of weeks since i watched those two episodes but long live the chief that opens with this hip hop song that is I had never heard before and not so subtle, right? You know, it's yeah. there. Yeah. Cottonmouth's watching. It's about Cottonmouth. I mean, of course it could also be about Luke, but uh, just this music every week. So we'll put a link. I think, I don't know if they've sold out or not, but Mondo released a vinyl uh, uh, with music from the series. Um, we can post a link in the show notes if people want to try to find that for purchase, but it's awesome. Well, I, I I continue to enjoy watching this show, and honestly, as somebody who's uh, you know about as white as they come, it, it, it I feel like I'm getting a, also an education in African American culture, particularly in New York City, just mm-hmm. with all the cultural touch points and references. I yep. really appreciate that they haven't shied away from that. That they name authors and actors and poets and and rappers. Yeah, and, and they just name it, and they expect you to go. If you don't know it, go yeah. look it up. I mean, that's you know, I'm yeah, I'm the sitting work. there during the show, and like on your I'm, iPad, right? Op- well, I'm opening Shazam to yeah. to find out who's singing that song. I've never heard that song before, and I love it. So yeah, that's how I've I've never heard of the stylistics before, and you know, there you go. So it it's a great show. I think I'm. Let's continue to keep an eye out for this kind of you know, Luke Cage as reluctant Messiah in Harlem. Well, we're going to see, I I think there's a lot more of that coming because I think that the, the, his opponents, his, his nemesis, they're only going to grow in power and in 
uh, a yeah. threat to the community. He's, he's that's only going to increase. Yeah, he's going to have to have a supervillain because Cottonmouth can't stop him with bullets and grenades. Yeah. Like somebody, somebody's going to have to come up. Like we see with so many superheroes, right? I mean, it's going to have to be a supervillain, not just not just a human bad guy. And that's it. Seems like that's what we're probably going to pivot to now. So, well, hey everybody, thanks for listening to Killer Serials. Yeah. We'll be back next, next week, week with Luke Cage episodes seven and eight. And, and hopefully uh, a guest. And yeah, we're we're trying to get some more guests on here. So All right. uh we'll talk to you then everybody. Thanks for listening. Trashman didn't get my trash today. Help. Mm-hmm.